What's going on, everybody? Eric Lindquist at Stochastic here on the Outchopper channel coming to you with another edition of Lindy's Leans, Likes, and Locks. Hit that like button, subscribe button, notification bell. Goes a long way for me on this video. Goes a long way for you. That way you become a prize whenever great content is going live here at our little neck of the YouTube woods. Thought I'd take my time there for a second during the intro because we have no time to take the rest of this video. 14-game slate, ready to rock. Ended up very, very light here on Thursday on the two-gamer. We'll see how it ends up uh, coming to fruition here. That game doesn't start here for another half hour or so. So we will be, well... No, we won't be talking about that whatsoever because it won't have started by the time I'm done with this. Producer Jacob, I don't even know where do we where do we even start with this slate? Well, yeah, at the beginning, let's get to the picks. In the sound of the music, well, in the sound of the music, that's not a thing. In sound of music, in the sound of music, there we go. They say, in a very, very same famous song, uh, you start at the very beginning. It's a very good place to start, and that is where you have a 14-point spread going up against the Boston Celtics to the Utah Jazz. Now, we're very happy with the Utah Jazz because, well, they pushed that uh, pace to the brink. We were beneficiaries in a major way here on this program on Wednesday. Bojan plus Markinen equals tons of cash. That couldn't have been a more clear-cut uh, lock play. And to have it, both of them in the 30s, I know overtime sparked maybe a tiny bit there on both sides, but Bojan? was in foul trouble, didn't even matter, and people were tilting after the first quarter. Oh, they have two and three, and then they both basically covered by the end of the third quarter. That was amazing. But anywho, this is a different day, different time, and we're actually going to be looking on the Boston side of things. Just to recap for everybody on the Utah side, it's really cluttered as far as minutes go with everybody healthy. They have to carve out time for Keontae George, a rookie that you know they're invested in. This is a Utah team going nowhere. They have Chris Dunn out there playing useless minutes. Colin Sexton in the starting lineup. And of course, off the bench, Jordan Clarkson setting the world on fire here recently. I think that probably comes to an end against Drew Holiday and company, but... Again, he's just a black hole, always has been with every team, always will be. But as I look at the board, it is Jason Tatum and the Boston Celtics that I am paying the most attention to. I almost windmill slammed, locked, first play right out of the gate this. Because 25 and a half just seemed low, and you start working through it, surely is. 27 a game? Like, that's going to be the baseline, I think, for him going forward. And, well, he averages right at 27 per game on the season. Ken, what is the whole deal here? Well, 14-point spread, lots of mouths to feed, that being in the starting unit, of course. Chris Stops Porzingis, the emergence of Derek White this season, and, of course, his uh, playing companion there, Jalen Brown. But 25-and-a-half is still really low, in my opinion, here for the game environment, specifically the pace that you're going to get alongside a Utah team that, yeah, when they have Walker Kessler out on the floor, it's gotten more lethargic at times, but... Overall, they're still going to start pushing it here with these guards. They're 11th in pace, 99.9 possessions per 48 minutes over the course of this season. Boston, you know, by now they're a little bit slower. So it is what it is. Jason Tatum, though, still think you want to be invested half a unit here on me, or, or on me, not on me, for this guy, Jason Tatum, on him, by me, or whatever next game we don't have time. We got Atlanta plus four and a half going up against Indy here, 264 and a half. And producer Jacob trying to trick me here over under. That's a massive, massive number. Again, this is what we're speaking towards. 264 and a half. That's higher than those Milwaukee Indy totals, which by the way, they played each other five times. I wasn't that far off saying they had played 398,364 times on the last show because that's kind of what it's been. But both these teams just insane towards the over. But you don't think that Vegas is aware of that. There's going to be Twitter threads from somebody. There's going to be some gambling influencer who's out there saying, 
both of these teams, they play up in pace. We should jam overs, and you know what? Don't be one of those people. Again, if it projects out well, it projects out well. If from a market-based approach where you look across multiple books and you have one that's just mispriced, well, maybe take a shot on it, but I don't really see a whole hell of a lot from this game in general. You get Jalen Johnson, who's just fun to watch. Again, I am in love with this kid. Can't believe that they didn't have him starting right from the get-go over the course of this season. They have the other Bogdanovich, the Bogdan version, that's out there just scorched earth. 23 points in just 28 minutes last time out. A really good piece, obviously. Also uh, partied with him in Miami once upon a time. That's a random story for a different day. He's much younger than me. His girlfriend was cute. Oh, I would hope so. Anyway, we've got on this side of it, on the indie side of it, Tyrese Halliburton seems pretty good. Almost thought about shorting his points prop until I thought a little bit better of it. Obviously, Atlanta, they're going to be pushing this thing too. It's going to be insane, but similar to what we talked about with Milwaukee and Indy, kind of preferring the under, if anything, in this game. Now, we stayed away last time. We hit the under when it was at 261.5. It adjusted that 258 number that ended up going way over the last time out. But 264.5 is a massive number. Yes, two teams that... This is something that they are aware of. Vegas, Vegas knows this. The, the books know this. I say Vegas as if it's... It's books now. It's, Vegas is not coming up with these lines. That shouldn't be a shock to anybody. Anyway, under 264.5, that is going to be a lean. Next up, the Oklahoma City Thunder. I'm mad at you. Again, just another half unit into the atmosphere, never to be found or heard or seen from again. Taking on the Brooklyn Nets here in this spot, and obviously I like the Oklahoma City Thunder, so does adjusted net rating, plus 6.5, third best in the NBA. They're the much better basketball team. Again, I'm confused why I can get five here at FanDuel. It's five and a half every other book on planet Earth here at the moment, which leads me to market-based approach, half points. They are very, very important in spots like this because... Well, I get the push at five. I would lose an entire 110, 110 bucks on the bet here in this spot where you're on the other side of it, where you're on the five and a half. Well, not on the other side betting Brooklyn. We wouldn't do that foolish, right? I will say it's a very strange line to be getting five from one book and five and a half from everything else, considering there's no injury news that's waiting in the wings on this one whatsoever. You had Oklahoma City play a back-to-back -back there. Should have probably showed a little bit more caution there in that spot, considering, you know, playing Boston. You beat the best team in basketball, and then you go to Atlanta and somehow get your butt kicked there, even though you had kind of played depressed minutes across the entire section there. So not sure what to make of it, other than it's basketball. Stuff like that is going to happen. You just want to beat some of these numbers. You want to be early to the numbers that you think are going to move. And then you want to utilize a market-based approach where you are just taking numbers that are mispriced, from certain sports books that you have access to, whether that be BetMGM or anything of the likening. And that's what I'm doing here. FanDuel has this at five. I don't know why. Brooklyn is not that good. I would have this closer to six, six and a half, but just saying, do I want five and a half in that scenario? Absolutely not. So I don't want to see anybody saying, Eric, you recommended this at six. No, I didn't. Five and a half, this is like, this is on the outside looking in of this card. The only reason this is making the card is that I do expect it to move from five to that six tight number once people realize that Brooklyn just isn't that team. They're negative 1.6 in adjusted net rating, 22nd in the NBA. And Cam Thomas, who just forgot how to shoot of late here, yeah, there's probably positive regression coming his way considering he's 0 for 18 his last two games. But like, 
That is catastrophic for them because that's how they stay in basketball games is out shooting teams, then having wings that can play tons of defense, be that Mikhail Bridges, Cameron Johnson, Royce O'Neal, Dorian Finney-Smith, the list goes on. But you know what? you got to put the ball in the basket against a team like Oklahoma City that's been a cash cow for us routinely this year, so it is what it is. Oklahoma City minus five. Do not send me your Oklahoma City minus six tickets. I don't want to see them. I'm just saying there are 14 games on this slate. We will have things that show up tomorrow that are not accounted for today. And hey, if you want access to them, jump into that premium discord, get my betting card. You know what? Let's talk about that now, shall we? Friends, the Odd Chopper tools have gotten a massive discount here. We go from uh, it was $100 for a month that you were looking at just for the tools, even more than that at times. Now it's $15 a week, $50 for the month, not just of the tools, but of the Discorder. Uh, sorry, the Discorder. That's not a real place. The Discord Insider Access. That's myself, Aton Shander, Ben Raza, Greg Ehrenberg, everybody you know and love here on the Odd Chopper channel in one easy-to-find place in that Discord. We got our personal channels there. We have got you all set up, ready to rock with our premium Discord or with our premium betting cards every single uh sunday through friday for me i had to think about that for two seconds but 14.95 for the weekly 49.95 for the monthly even cheaper if you use promo code lindy signing up at the link below 20 percent off that'd be 12 dollars for your first week to get everything and i gotta say the positive ev tool the market-based approach i keep talking about throughout this program every single time it's so easy to follow. You simply order it by the top of the, the, the page. You have all of the OS ratings, all of the positive EV bets that are in play in your state for your sports books at your disposal. So check it all out, friends, down at the link below. Let's get ourselves back to the picks. The Washington Wizards. I almost said Nationals. Can you tell? Well, spring training. Catchers, pitchers reporting soon. Just around the river bend. Didn't see uh, that one coming. Oh, Pocahontas for everybody's enjoyment. Sure. Washington plus 10 and a half taking on Cleveland in this spot. And obviously, like this Washington team is probably the most frustrating team that you could possibly bet on at any point. Almost pulled the trigger on some Jordan pullovers. And then I remembered they're Jordan pullovers. Glad we didn't do that. You know what? Daniel Gafford ended up covering 10 and a half there. The 10 and a half points probably talked about in just 20 minutes of playing. Again, averages 25.3, goes up against the same Cleveland team. Back-to-back -back against the same team this time. Well, again on the road. They've been spending a couple of days in Cleveland. Lucky Daniel Gafford and company. As for the Cleveland side of this one, comfortably, comfortably winning against teams that are bad and then comfortably losing against teams that are good. That seems to be the Cleveland Cavaliers way here of late. That's for sure. Again, lost a close one to Toronto. Probably shouldn't have dropped that one. Emmanuel quickly kind of becoming a thing quickly, if you will. But Donovan Mitchell, friends, he is rather good at the basketball. So no Darius Garland, no Evan Mobley, no problem. And love Jared Allen, what he's been doing of late, but the books adjusted those pretty darn quickly. And yet again, 19 rebounds in just 29 minutes from him, just destroying on the glass in the ab uh, absence of Evan Mobley, as you would hope he would. But I'm looking at Daniel Gafford again here. I got to go back to the well, I think. Over 11 and a half. I haven't pulled the trigger yet, but I'm going to call it a lean here. Want to wanna see what happens to this number if it adjusts in any way, shape, or form. But again, I expect when he's out on the floor that they need him there nonstop against Jared Allen because otherwise bad things happen. You know why? Because Mike Mascala is built like a pencil. He's got that Chet Hill Holmgren build, but then not the Chet Holmgren blocking ability. So that's a problem. Over 11 and a half. It's really actually just math. I'm just kind of talking you through it. So there you go. Not a lot to add from this one. New York taking on Philly. Philadelphia, you know that they get what's-his-face back. This Joel Embiid character, he seems okay. 
He's okay at basketball. Number one in pretty much every EPM ranking. It's absurd the year that Joel Embiid is averaging. And it's not just averaging 35, 12, and 6. But it's averaging 35, 12, and 6 on just 34 minutes a game and having injuries. Lots of blowouts. Lots of time he doesn't get extended to 40 minutes. And yet it doesn't matter because he's just absolutely out of control. And on the defensive side, adding two blocks a game, everything he does is really, really good. Now, Tobias Harris been playing at a really high level here. But D'Anthony Melton going to be out for this one? I think that makes it a little bit interesting to look uh some of these lapses in defense that should exist at the shooting guard, small forward, power forward type spot. Now, they've been starting New York since the acquisition of one OG and an OB. D Dante DiVincenzo alongside him, and it has overall gone pretty darn well. Julius Randle is getting all of the usage and all of the land. 24 and 23 shot attempts the last two. 39 and 35 is first two games here under this quote-unquote new look New York Knicks team. But you know what? I got to say, OG Ananobi couldn't have gone much worse for him last game. Only nine shot attempts, one for four from three. Had a really, really slow start if you were watching that game. But average 15 a game with Toronto, and I know the Knicks are never going to be an up-and-paced team, but... This is going to be a guy who, in competitive spots, which, against Chicago, it got very wonky towards the end, he's going to play 36 to 38 minutes under Tibbs. They made this move. There's other dominoes that are going to fall, but I expect this usage to come up from where it was in Toronto. And part of it was Dante DiVincenzo just came out of the gate firing last time out. Three for eight from three ended up finishing up, which doesn't look as good. But most of that work was done early. Definitely cut into OG and Anobi. He's going to get hot here sooner rather than later. And these numbers are going to be gone instantly. Again, it's going to be 16 and a half, 17 and a half points props on OG Ananobi in the not too distant future. So it is what it is. We have to have this on the card. Over 14 and a half points for OG. It's got to keep riding it. Keep riding it. Don't write anything in this one. Charlotte taking on Chicago. Uh, Chicago, the main piece. You could be getting... Uh, Vucevic back here in this spot. Nikola Vucevic, he is questionable entering this. So the days of Andre Drummond going out and getting countless stats in the name. Well, Vooch does the same thing. So it's not that I'm judging. It is what it is. Zach Levine also going to be questionable for Friday's game. So that is massive news coming in on that side of things. But the version of Zach Levine we saw earlier this season doesn't add a whole lot of inspiration to the table for the people. Zach Levine, been a EPM guy who's just been right around plus 0.2. 1.4 estimated win share. That's barely, barely above 65th percentile, which when you're getting like all of your team's money, you would kind of want him to be performing better than that. He's 29 years of age. Well, almost 29 years of age. That is, it's starting to get up there, but lots of miles on the tires considering this is, I believe his ninth NBA season, 10th NBA season coming out of UCLA. It's been a while he's been in the league since 2015 with my Minnesota Timberwolves. So he's been playing massive minutes, used to dunk a lot. How he dunks less is what it is. I would love an Aaron Gordon and him running it back, though, just to see what happened. I don't care if it's on a little tight hoop. I would watch it. It's got to be better than the stuff they've been throwing out there. They went and got Mac McClung off a couch in order to make it interesting again. What are we doing here? However, his mixtape was really enjoyable once upon a time. We don't have time for that. Charlotte, on the other side of this one, it's disturbing. It's disgusting. Really nothing to point out other than you still have Ball out, still have Hayward out, and Mark Williams. Going from like doubtful, 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 doubtful to now just being out before the day before. Thanks for letting us know well ahead of time in this spot. But yay to Charlotte going out and winning his plus 850 dogs on the money line going up against Sacramento last time out. Yay! 
I'm not going to try to force that here in this spot. I will say the over of 224, I'll lean that direction, mainly because Chicago, there's another piece in Patrick Williams that, well, he's going to be back. Everything about this game sucks. Let's get out of here. Everything about this game is awesome. My Minnesota Timberwolves, yes, they were very, very disappointing last time out. Taking on the Houston Rockets, they were not disappointing last time out. Alperin Shangun just plays well against inferior competition. Detroit goes out and torches them in 27 minutes. Brooklyn, 34 minutes, 38 and four. This guy is everything that was promised and more based on what we saw from the tail end of last season. And Ime Yudoka just knows how to get to this team and, and make it operate. A fully operational Death Star. But you know what a Death Star doesn't like? Resistance. And here's where the resistance comes, friends. Will Alperin Shangun, when facing the number one defensive rated center here in Rudy Gobert, continue to keep it going? I will argue, friends, this is going to be a more difficult spot for Shangun than facing a Nick Claxton, than facing a Jalen Gurren. Definitely uh, not as difficult as facing Joel Embiid, but defensively for sure. Alpern Shangun is going to uh, have his work cut out in this one, if you will. Minnesota going to have to play a lot through Fred Van Leet just because they have to play through Fred Van Leet. Not a terrible option for sure, but uh, Minnesota. I think this is a spot where we want to get a little bit frisky naughty. Minus three and a half. I have this closer to five, and this is purely just looking at adjusted net ratings. Houston, they have definitely improved. Plus 1.3, but Minnesota, they continue to climb nearly plus five in the adjusted net rating number one in adjusted defensive rating so strength against strength coming down the pipeline here both teams pretty good defensively but without the pieces that being dylan brooks without potentially tari eason here who is questionable with that lower leg injury yet again what are we looking at defensively here not a whole lot to stop anthony edwards and cat that's what i'm saying i'm sticking to it minnesota minus three and a half thumbs up next game God, I wanted to pull the trigger on this. And there are plus ones sitting on both sides of the board right now. If you're looking at the Clippers Pelican side, uh, probably not when you hear this, because I'm sure Clippers are going to take money here. But I'm going to show caution. Even if this line moves, I don't necessarily want to be a part of it. It just freaks me out a little bit. But let's talk through it. Clippers, Pelicans, Trey Murphy, the only piece that we're still waiting on here from the New Orleans side of things. He's questionable that left tendonitis. Clippers perfectly healthy, and they keep firing. And hey, we ended up winning back-to-back -back tickets on the Clippers. We're very, very happy with them here at the moment. We have not ridden the entire hot streak here, but we've picked our spots, and we've been sharp with it. Phoenix, that one was sharp. Miami, that was really, really, really sharp for a lock that ended up coming in for a full unit. So last two times out, we've been on them. I don't think I can do it here, and I'm not necessarily sure why, but in terms of the data, C.J. McCollum, the usage has gone up, absent Trey Murphy, who's basically out there to shoot. And then Larry Nance. I like his complexion with this team in small ball lineups where I think they could force Zubats. And I mean, not that Daniel Tice is going to be the main thing there, but I'm curious how Clippers really handle a team that can go small and match up with some of those lineups where it ends up being Tice uh, playing the five, where they have you know components of, of Harden, Leonard, George that can just basically distribute it amongst each other. Because McCollum, Ingram, Zion, Williamson, it's it's the poor man version of that. No offense, they're all fantastic, no doubt about it. But like Harden, Kawhi, and George have been one of the best tandems in the NBA over the course of the last month and a half. Really made all of the pieces work here since the acquisition. You're seeing it in the win column and in the adjusted offensive rating uh, category. So there is that. I just, again, plus one on both sides of it. There's some discrepancies. I assume the Clippers get this moved to them being the favorites in some capacity, but it's still 
just such a tight margin, something that I'm just going to watch play out. If the Clippers end up smashing the Pelicans, I apologize that I didn't put them on the card three times in a row. Both 14 games, I don't want to get in the habit of coin flip decisions with data telling me that this is efficient. So even though my heart tells me Clippers, my head and the data says don't. So Clippers plus one, just a lean. Oh, it's going to suck if they win by double digits. Speaking of double digits, Portland plus 10 and a half taking on Dallas here. Dallas becoming a closer to fully operational Death Star, even though, you know, there's there's some injuries here. Derek Lively, we're going to be waiting on him with the questionable tag on that ankle. And now Dante Exum not going to be suiting up for this one. So he gets taken off the floor. Again, he started to regress towards the mean on some of that shooting that existed earlier in the season. But Grant Williams, questionable as well. They can get him into the mix. Defensively, there are some things that are added there that you don't necessarily get from anybody else on this team. Certainly not a Josh Green. Derek Jones, decent enough. They're going to be facing Portland here in this spot where DeAndre already confirmed out. Moses Brown already confirmed out. If Derek Lively ends up playing in this one, I will have interest in overs on him if they open it kind of the, the market standard on what we've had for him. Might look at getting really frisky with a double-double even. So hopefully you're listening to me because that's not going to show up in the type in the bottom left corner. But... I think Luca's the main star-highlighted centerfold guy. I do expect the assist rate to have a, a little bit of a downward spiral here playing alongside Kyrie Irving. And Kyrie, four and a half rebounds per game, that's decent enough, right? But my main thing is you're taking some type of size off the floor. And I think Luca gets a lot of those fast-break rebounds that would have otherwise gone towards a Dante Exum or somebody else in that capacity. Although Dante Exum this season, only three rebounds per game. Nothing all that exhilarating, but... At just 19 minutes per game, that's very different from, you know, you take that three, you extend that to 34, 35 minutes like you've been playing. That becomes a baseline closer to five, five and a half, higher than that of Kyrie Irving. So again, shouldn't be that difficult to see Kyrie Irving. It's, it's not the size of Kyrie Irving that you're out there worried about. I need to work on phrasing. Luka Doncic to triple-double. That's going to be the lean here. I don't think we get something that I really want to, to, to fire up, but... Kind of a gross game. Probably one we're going to stay away from. Friends, BetMGM, again, talked about the market-based approach throughout this program. You want to claim up to $1,500 in bonus bets at the link below. Get access to multiple sports books. That's the name of the game. Don't pay more for something when you can pay less for something elsewhere. That's, that's what you want to be doing on a day-to-day -day basis. And Sharp Sports bettors know this already, but this is something that you, if you want to improve your sports betting immediately, if you want to have a higher ROI at the end of the year, just get multiple sports books shop for your best lines, and nail them at the correct sportsbook. Period. End of story. That will change your life. So sign up at the link below if you don't have BetMGM yet. Up to $1,500 in bonus bets when you deposit $10 or more. And then when you deposit $10 or more at BetMGM, you'll get two months of Odd Shopper Tools plus Discord access. Everything we offer that I talked about earlier, completely free to you. Yes, the positive EV tool. Yes, the fantasy optimizer if you're playing on underdog and prize picks. Yes, you also get the parlay builder. Build out parlays at every sports book that you have access to within your state, within reason, of course. We're not going to go to the to the doldrums on some of these guys, but telling you, there are amazing opportunities for you. Signing up at BetMGM, if you're 21 and over, if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back to the picks we go. Oh my God, another double digit spread. And this is really just a slow portion of the program where I just make up a lot of time here. We've gone lean. We've gone lean. We're going to go another lean here as Orlando takes on Denver on the back-to-back. -back. Now, 
There are some pieces of news that could emerge from Denver. Again, that game just is getting underway here in a little bit. So, uh, yeah, we're not going to necessarily know all of the news. If somebody gets dinged up, you could probably hit this line immediately. You'll, you'll try to, at least, if you're listening to this Thursday night. If you're listening to me on Friday like most of you do, well, obviously you'll, you'll live in the future and you'll know exactly what happens. That's a good place to be in life. I wish I could bet from the future. But anyway, Denver here in this spot, you obviously know that's full strength. They're going to be better than Orlando. But the main reason that this is 11 against a team like Orlando that's been much, much improved, even though a little bit frustrating from time to time in the betting category for me of late, even with the 23 and 11 against the spread number. Yeah, we lost a lock on them the other night, and that was brutality. But it is what it is, friends. You're going to lose those from time to time. You're going to lose more games. When you don't have Franz Wagner out there, and yeah, Markel Fultz now already announced is out. Wendell Carter Jr., he is questionable in this spot. There could be some DFS value, and I got to throw it out there. Paulo Bancaro is an absolute god amongst men. Some of the most exciting basketball I've watched in a long time, probably since, I'd say since the playoffs. I know a lot of people like the in-season tournament. I, it had its moments, almost all when teams were playing in their own courts, which is the sad part of it. Sorry, Jacob, I know you were at the Vegas games, but uh, definitely looking more at the games, the, the the Utah and Detroit game. Did anybody see that one happening in, in that capacity? No, I only watched that second half after everybody was freaking out about Bojan and Laurie Markkinen. I feel good about that one, W. Uh, but now we are looking here at a kicker. Orlando and Sacramento played one of the best games of the year. Malik Monk, absolute in fuego to end up uh, finding a way out of that one with the W against Paulo Bancaro's 43-5-4 and four that he put up. But no Franz Wagner means major, major problems here on the onset for Orlando. That's why this number is pretty efficient. <sighs> Plus 11 Orlando just because of Bancaro. And maybe there's some news that breaks. Maybe something happens to the Denver side of things. Books will adjust that quick if it does. God, it's a hard spot to handicap. Don't know what to make of it because Franz Wagner, he good, friends. He good. And we're going to quickly move on from this one, too. I'm excited to watch it from a real-life perspective. Miami and Phoenix. Again, Miami, Eric Spolstra, Ime Yudoka. I mean, there's a lot of guys who should be up for Coach of the Year this year. Lots of great coaching going on, more so than standard years where I just want to bitch and moan and yell about how bad it is because there are times that it's bad to, like, Across the board, really good coaching among some of these top teams. But Miami, 20 and 14. Eric Spolster has always been the gold standard in my eye when it comes to just making teams overachieve. And he is doing it yet again. A blowout W against LeBron James, Anthony Davis and company. And Anthony Davis played sublime in that game for anybody who watched it. And I watched a lot of basketball last night. It was nice. Not that I want my wife to be working all the time until midnight and such. But, you know, I will say it's pretty nice. Pretty nice. Kick up the feet, have some Chipotle, avoid all responsibilities to the dog as he just lays on the edge of the bed, and you move along with your life and watch nine hours of commercial-free basketball. Actually, the in-arena like stuff, I absolutely love. I love it. Give me all of the halftime shows. Give me all of the useless, stupid games. It's just fun to make. I don't know. Producer Jacob hates it. That's why I'm going on that rant. But anyway, Miami plus four and a half here in this spot. I don't have a whole lot to add because Jimmy Butler already announced is out. You have Caleb Martin. He's upgraded to doubtful, but that's not going to change a whole lot here because again, doubtful means less likely to play. And of course, the massive news, Kevin Durant, Eric Gordon, both of them questionable. 
I think that just makes an under 229 and a half an actual decent spot to stab at. You take Durant and Eric Gordon and they're shooting off the floor. It becomes a lot of Beal and Booker and not a lot else. Nurkic, yeah, he's been playing well. Grayson Allen, decent enough role player, but God, I have a tough time trying to figure out exactly how the injury news dominoes are going to fall here. So caution is the better form of valor, friends. Under 229 and a half, not going to force a bad bet on a 14 gamer. Let's get to an actual bet, shall we? Yeah, you knew it was coming, and I don't care there's not a line out for you yet. You know where we're going, because again, it is under-projected. And I was waiting. Who pounce? I was waiting. I was cautious. I was being calm. And boy, did we fire on Bojan at the right time. Lord Bojan Bogdanovic, back in our lives, the over of 18 and a half and 19 and a half. I said I was fine with either of them. To the moon, he puts up his best game of the season there in that spot. Felt bad for Detroit in general because they end up losing the freaking basketball game. But as we head to this 10 p.m. Eastern time window of games, three games going down here in this segment, there's no way that I am leaving this spot without betting Bogdanovich. Maybe Jalen Duran here as well. He's had some double-double numbers that have been very fishy to me. He played 36 minutes. Yes, there was overtime. 17 and 10. A little bit auspicious there. And they did give some run to James Wiseman. 17 minutes he saw there off the bench. Ended up playing that backup spot instead of Marvin Bagley. So we're seeing some shifts in the tide. They're trying out some different things. And Isaiah Stewart will continue to be out there. But Jalen Duran double-double is going to be something I'm going to have on my radar as well. Wanted to lead with that. As for the Golden State side of things, you know by now, not my favorite side. They're going to be on a back-to-back. But think that makes it especially nice to go and try to pluck some overs here if they are remotely close. Now, maybe some people steam this up. Maybe it gets a little bit uncomfortable. But Bojan averaging 20.3 points per game. He had 18.5 as his previous points prop. We jammed it. I would bet anything up to 20.5 for a lock here, assuming minus 110 standard juice. You have Cade Cunningham, who, yes, we are going to see those rates continue to come up. But Bogdanovich is one of those guys that even with lower usage is just so good when Cade Cunningham can create space for him, Jaden Ivey being on the floor more. There are just ways that Alec Burks can cut into that rate for sure, but doesn't matter if he has wide open looks. And that is what Bogdanovich is going to be getting here. 26 shot attempts, eight for 15 from three last time. Do I expect that again? No, I don't. But I expect a bettable number and a bettable number we shall have. So Bogdanovich, 20 plus points. I'm going to just set the number there. Look at this. <laughs> That's adorable. It's a little crown. <laughs> Fuck me. That's great. Again, this evening window, I have a lot of interest in Memphis plus five and a half taking on the Lakers. Only guy questionable on the Lakers side, LeBron James. He kind of matters, but again, I expect him to be suiting up. Rui Hachimura already announced here as out. Oh, wait, D'Angelo Russell doubtful, but that doesn't count because again, I had him written as out on my sheets. So there you go. Memphis side of things, Rose, uh, Vince Williams Jr. I think that was the other guy who was questionable. None of them really matter to me. Of course, it's Morant. John Morant, Desmond Bain, oh, Gotham's Reckoning, Jaron Jackson Jr., Marcus Smart, and then Xavier Tillman inserted into the starting unit. Had to go mix things up, getting a little spicy there in the bedroom, you know, got to do what you got to do. 23 minutes of him, didn't really matter. They still lost to Toronto, but hey, we're looking for cover. That's what we're looking for, plus five and a half. This is a Lakers team that just got blown out by, by Miami. And yes, Spolstra, really good coach. Helps to have Duncan Robinson making irrational shots in the corner like he was making throughout that game. Again, it was a really fun one to watch, even though it got blowout, uh, got towards that blowout towards the end of it. But 
as you start running some of the numbers, Memphis going back to 2023, which is what I want to use more as their baseline for things. They were fourth in adjusted net rate, uh, excuse me, adjusted net rating, 51 and 31. And really the big difference maker is John Morant. No shit, it's John Morant. So if we go back to that as a baseline, the Lakers this season are way down in the doldrums compared to what you might expect. Again, 20th in adjusted net rating, 17 and 18 record, obviously on a slide talking about firing Darvin Ham. If John Morant could go out and make a statement, this is the spot, plus five and a half friends. I'm here for it. I think Memphis starts to get on a little bit of a roll. Not that they're going to be able to make all the way, uh, make up all this ground. I mean, they're 11 and 23. They have so much ground to make up in the absence of John Morant, but plus five and a half is too many up against a Lakers team that's missing Rui Hachimura, who can give you some ammunition from time to time and doesn't have a lot of great role players. Austin Reeves is good piece, but you need more than one guy. LeBron James and Anthony Davis, they're not exactly young. They're not that young. That was a uh, Wedding Crashers quote when they're on the Washington Monument for the people. Where does my brain go? Let's get to the last game of the night and get the heck up out of here. I feel like there's a lot of these slates. We've talked about OG Ananobi, and then we end up talking about Emmanuel quickly, but that is how the cookie crumbles, friends. Let's talk it. Toronto, Sacramento, starting on the Sacramento side, because that's the one I have far less interest in. Out of the middle of nowhere, on a back-to-back, Malik Monk goes from playing just 20 minutes in a Charlotte loss to playing 46 minutes in an evisceration spot. Now, part of me looks at that and says, well, they were limiting his minutes because they knew it was a back-to-back and they didn't think they needed to extend his minutes and it was planned and it was a whole thing. The other part of me is basically saying like, Malik Monk, I know based off of last year that Demonis Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox love playing with the guy, even though he cuts into their rates and it's kind of a strange phenomenon, but he was unbelievable. 37, nine and three coming from Malik Monk, actually 37, three and nine, if we're going to say this the correct way, which again, it's my job to kind of be correct about these things. So it is what it is. But friends, Sacramento, no injury news waiting in the wings. Toronto, no injury news waiting in the wings. And yet... I have interest because these numbers are just under-projected. Now, market-based approach, that's where you compare numbers across multiple sports books and things get bet into place. That lean with 22.5 PRA, hope you took the over of that. I ended up having it on one card, like a partial deal. Didn't jam it nearly enough, that is for sure. But you saw immediately what those minutes, and I said exactly the scenario that Emmanuel quickly would play more. A competitive spot. They had it against Memphis, got a little bit wonky at a, a period of time there. Then they made a surge back. Toronto, 33 minutes for Emmanuel quickly, 26, 3, and 5 from him. You're not getting 22.5 PRA from him again. There's no way that's showing up. But I'm setting the baseline at 24.5, 25.5 here against Sacramento. Think that's where we're looking at. And I will be very much behind that. Could also be interested in looking at this points prop because he will have higher usage than OG and Obi had out here. Because again, Emmanuel quickly is a better basketball player and more offensively inclined. Tibbs didn't go get OG Ananobi in order to go out and like, again, that's what OG thinks he was getting. But what he's getting is an opportunity to just sit in a corner, shoot threes as Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle do their dribble stuff. That's a Julius Randle lefty. I'm righty. I had, I think you could tell that, but that was my left. Looks like a shot putter from time to time. Whatever. Emmanuel quickly, something or another, won't get 22 and a half PRA again. So Emmanuel quickly, something or another. Enjoy that, friends. Don't have to make of it. If you want to know if I end up firing anything there, hit me up on Twitter slash X at Eric Lindquist. Hey, Lindy's Locks update. 
It came back, baby. Lindy's Pick'em Locks, Lindy's Locks Update, Lindy's Leans, Likes, and Locks on the way out. These are all getting fired up, so go follow me on TikTok at Lindy's Locks. Go follow me. Lindy's Locks Update. That came to you at Eric Lindquist. Just my name. Don't wear it out or do. And then Lindy's Leans, Likes, and Locks. That is this program, friends. Really good stuff. Thanks for coming. Let's get the heck up out of here. And that does it for another edition of Lindy's Leans, Likes, and Locks. You know what to do. Go to that comment section below. Let me know your favorite plays that exist on Friday's slate. Going to be a wild one. 14 games in the association is diabolical for news, but I'm going to be covering it for you over on Twitter at Eric Lindquist. Again, show it one more time for the people. Producer Jacob, we've got it here. Might as well just utilize it. Lindy's Pick'em Locks, the Pick'em Streets friends. I'm going to be firing that up at Lindy's Locks as well as some other programming coming out very, very shortly when I can find the time. Lindy's Locks update, that is over at X, updating you on the locks from the night before. And then Lindy's Leans Likes and Locks. Yeah, you watch that one. Won't be out over the weekends. Oh, sorry. But... If you're in that premium Discord, ask me questions around the clock. Happy to answer you. That does it for me today. Awesome stuff, friends. Until next time, I'm Eric Lindquist. Thank you, Producer Jacob. I'm Eric Lindquist. Best of luck in the NBA streets on Friday.